Welcome back to Northeast Florida Outdoors Podcast, everyone. Trevor here again. I'm your host, and I'm really excited again this week. We got a great guest on. His name is Mr. James Loper from Hook and Hoof Outdoors on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Y'all go check him out. Real good dude. I met him out in the woods uh, last night, and you know, just uh, was texting back and forth for a little bit, and uh, seeing that he was also a self filmer, so kind of hit it off on that note. And um, I looked at his YouTube channel, and he's just a slayer, so I had to get him on. We also get into a little bit of just uh, some of the public land opportunities as far as bonus deer and things of that nature but most of this episode is just about getting out and getting after it and uh filling the freezer up just public land style making it happen whatever means necessary so we're glad to have y'all along and just stay tuned it's gonna be a great episode being out there in the woods and just being in god's creation and man just just watching the woods come alive like you said that's that's where it's at and and it gets me there too it just gets me really in my thoughts and, and about life and on a whole nother level and just and just thankful for everything that i have and my family and everything too yep it bring it bring you it bring you closer to everything when you get out there and spend a little bit of time to yourself definitely yeah man well <clears throat> We're going to go ahead and crank it up, man. This is the Northeast Florida Outdoors Podcast. Welcome, everybody, back to the show. We really appreciate y'all. Got a cool guest on this week, Mr. James Loper. I met him in the woods here uh, last night. How y'all like that? That's what this thing does right here, this podcast. You know, for me, it's, it's all about having some fun, coming together as a hunting community, making sure we keep this thing alive. You know, I hadn't got that deep into it yet, but I do little things like back backcountry hunters and anglers and little things like that you know to just help out but man james you gotta uh go ahead and give your your tell us about um just let's go ahead and just tell us about who you are a little bit and how you got into hunting and all that good stuff and and we'll go from there yeah obviously yeah you gotta mention my name my name is james lover uh growing up you know my dad hunted a lot, but he he didn't take me all the time, and it wasn't that he didn't want me to go. It was just I didn't go, you know. And it was to me, it was just born the way the old timers hunted back then. A lot of times, it was just born to me. So once I got into the teenage life, I kind of steered away from hunting and started doing the teenager things, playing video games, then leading into chasing women, doing the whole whole teenager life and then once i got married uh i got married around 21 and then started having kids that's when i was able to start slowing down and start taking in everything and i was like well i need to get back into hunting and then, and to me it was my way of like we was talking earlier getting out there getting some me time clearing your mind, getting everything back in order, and then, then you get to go back home to you. Yeah. It makes you pre- appreciate your wife and your kids and everything at home a little bit. So, and then, and then I just dove off in it. When I got back into it, 
I went as hard as I could, listening to everybody that I could listen to, doing all the stuff, you know, and just taking in as much information as I can. And every time I go to the woods, I just try to implement one thing that I learned throughout the week, you know, and try one thing. If it works, it works. If it don't, stick it in the tool bag and try it later. And, you know, it's just been progressing from there. You know, and from the from the ages of 21 to about 25, I did, it was mainly like weekend warrior stuff, you know, and hunting here and there. But once I got my CDLs, I started driving, and I get up so early, you know, I go to work at 4 o'clock in the mornings, and most of the time I get off at around 2, 2.30. And, I mean, that's when it really gave me time to, uh, when I get off work, I got time to go to the woods. So, I, I mean, that's when I really started getting into it and hunting as hard as I could. Because at that point, you know, when, especially when I only had one kid, it was, oh, every, every afternoon I was in the woods. <laughs> and, you know, and I got three kids now. You know, and I try to spend as much time as I can with them. See, like I told you earlier today, you know, and I, I'll go to go to the woods one afternoon, and I'll stay at the house the next afternoon. And because I get up so early, you know, and I try to balance that fifty to sixty hour work week that I do every week with my kids and doing my hunting and the YouTube channel in between everything. You know, and it it's pretty stressful at times, but we make it happen. Oh, yeah. You seem like you're doing a pretty good job of it, man. I want to give you a kudos from, from over here, man. I, I've been watching some of your videos, and I personally, I do some self-filming myself, man, and it is rough and hard, especially down here in this southern heat, getting after early season like I try to do, man, because it's, it's the best time a lot of the time in these areas I hunt. And, uh, man, it can be hot and difficult and heavy carrying these loads in with all these cameras and gear and stuff like that and just trying to get set up right for shots. I, I get it. You know what I mean? So that's one of the reasons when I seen you out there on a weekday evening like me, I said, oh, he gets it. This is my type of guy here. Let's get him on the podcast. <laughs> so, yeah, man, that's that's what I was going for there with the introduction and stuff, man, just telling us a little about yourself and you know, we'll we'll go ahead and tell everybody what the name of your um YouTube channel is real quick. That way we, they can look that up too. And uh, the YouTube channel is Hooking Hoof Outdoors, and, and I got a Facebook, an Instagram, and uh, an account on Go Wild. You know, see, so if you don't want to follow me on YouTube, you can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, Go Wild. There it is. Yeah, I got to get on that all, Go. All of them got the same names, Hooking Hoof Outdoors. <laughs> That's what's up, man. Yeah, I got to get on that Go Wild a little bit more and check it out. I've been on there like one time, but I haven't been on there enough to really, really know what was going on yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. My voice is cracking a little bit. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah, man. But guess what? The season's underway. We in It's deer season, man. James, we are we rocking and rolling, man. We just seen each other. We're taking a break tonight. I know I'm like, feel like I'm resting up at work sometimes and stuff like that because Man, I go after it sometimes out there, man. And, you know, that's that's one thing I want to talk about today is just the getting after it aspect and and how just the relentless effort and ability and just uh, strenuous. You know, man, I, I, I look at guys' channels like yours and say, man, this guy right here must walk 20 miles. You know what I'm saying? I, and I know after time you get – 
places where you can kind of walk in different areas and kind of spot check places and things like that. But most of the time, the acorns are falling, y'all. I got a tin roof in here. The acorn just hit the top. Let's go, baby. The acorns dropping. <laughs> yeah, man. But sorry for the interruption, man. But yeah, man. You just, I just know guys like yourself, man. And and I try to do my best. I, I, I'm uh, getting broke in again with this saddle hunt, man. I like don't go get in it enough in the off season. So as soon as the season gets here, my first few hunts are like, ooh, we out. Right after them, so oh, yeah, it's I rough. <laughs> Even though it's lighter, man, it's still like with all the camera gear. But well, I want to get into some of man, just how how you. Um, it looks like year after year, from what I can tell, you're having this success, man. And and guys like myself, I'm new to this, and this is my fourth year. And I listen to podcasts and I watch things on on YouTube and I, you know, try to learn different tips and tactics and google this and look at that and read it that you know what i mean but it really that there is not nothing like like woodsmanship and just going out there over and over again and we know that but like what would you say some some key factors like one or two key factors that you could think of are that may contribute to most of your success year in and year out like because it's one thing for for a guy because i know guys that are on that that go on droughts and stuff killing deer every year and you know different things like that and i know it's just a difficult process to keep up following the deer herds around especially looks like you hunt a lot on public land so well without saying too much more about that man what are some key things that contribute to your success and and why would you say those are like the key factors um i, I hope the, the biggest contributing factor to my success is 90 percent of the meat that's in my freezer comes from the woods so if i want to fill my freezer i got to figure it out I know this that is what gave me the drive is i got three kids and a wife that depends on that meat to be in that freezer every year so i get out there and, and you just gotta hustle i mean there's no nowhere around it especially down here uh you might build the heat and I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know how to explain how to deal with the heat, you know, other than you just got to deal with it. Make sure you take plenty of water, which I seen one of your videos. You was on the verge of a heat stroke on yourself. For sure. And was not having enough water with you. Yep. And, um, no, man, I just, like I said, I, I just got into it, man. And I went full fledged, just dove off, went through deep end. You know, when I first started, I wasted so much money on all the different gear and just trying to make things better. As in, I ain't got but maybe a quarter of what I bought for hunting because of how much hunting I've been able to do. So I've been able to weed out all the bad stuff or not necessarily bad, but stuff that just didn't work for my system. Um, man, when I go out, I, I look for you gotta how you how do i say it you, you gotta find where the deer is at i mean I know, I know everybody keeps saying that i mean any podcast or video you listen to i mean everybody says that but there's a to me there's a difference in between where that that deer's traveling where where the deer lives at where the deer wants to be and where they they have to be if you're hunting where a deer has to be, 
more likely you're not going to see them during daylight, during that time. You have to be where they want to be. You know, and then uh, your pressure, in my opinion, your pressure pushes the deer where they have to be. Ah, uh, okay. You know, and then they, they do, once they get pressured, you know, and they go to places that they have to be, like in hiding, go places where they feel safe. If you can find them, find these little secluded areas where they want to be, where they feel safe, that is the biggest ticket. So in my, that's my success. I, I try to, I do my best. There's a lot of failure in between, like, all the videos you see on the YouTube. You know, and there'll be a week's worth of failure before I actually have success. Right. You know, they, and, I, you know, I take in account of um, feed trees, acorns, persimmons. Like, I don't know down in Florida if y'all have a whole lot of persimmons down there, but we got quite a few up here in Georgia. If you can find one of those and a good acorn tree all within the same area, the deer want to be there. You know, and, and like, I mainly, like, you see, you go through my videos, I do some hunting, and I guess some of, some of the land that I see down there in Florida is like the tall pines, and you got vast areas of palmettas and just uh, little brush, about head-high brush all over the place up there. And like the area we hunted yesterday, both of us within an area that's kind of similar to what I see a lot down there in Florida. Yeah, sir. Um, and, you know, in, in that area, I'm looking for edges because, you know, a deer is like a creature of habit, you know, and they want to be on that edge. And the same thing with me. When I walked out last night, it was easier to walk down that edge than it was to bust through the center all that stuff. Right. You know, and the deer's the same way. They, they're going to want to walk and travel in the, the path of least resistance. And if you can find that, that travel route, that travel route, and if you can find a feed tree that's on that travel route, or find a, uh, a trail that intersects with another trail that's being all like, you got like a little cross right here. Yeah. Like <clears throat> so to me, it's, to me, it sounds like some of the key factors then it would be you're looking at one of the things I just heard you say that I like to key in on is like a trail, but the trail has like different trails coming from it. You can see like it's like five different ways going from this one trail. I like trails like that. And then you said something about feed trees. See, I'm trying to get more more uh, toned in or, or honed in on the, the feed trees this year, too. And um, then also I heard you say something kind of like deer pockets. So like you were saying like the deer are going to be where they have to be. So that's important. I think that's that's key. Things like that are, are very important. So the deer has to be certain places. For one thing, they need safety. They need water, which is everywhere just about down here. They need uh, some type of food source nearby, which is almost everywhere. So the thing that that one of the keys that I think you just said that's, that's probably going to be one of the most uh, defining factors is going to be like finding a pocket or like a hub or like a safety zone or whatever you, you choose to call it where 
the deer and the hogs and everything is kind of running back to this area because maybe the hunter pressure ain't there. There's everything they need. It's the furthest maybe from the road. And you'll find those little pockets on different sections of different areas and, and things like that, if that's kind of what you were saying, kind of. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. And you just find where, find where the deer can be to where they feel safe. And when you find it, you'll know when you find it. You know, and you'll get in there and you'll be like, man, there's just deer everywhere in here. Everywhere you look, there's a trail here, trail there. And you can just see that they look like they stay in there. You'll come into an area that you see no human sign, like you don't see anywhere, because around here, I'm sure you've seen it, most people leave, they don't take none of their trash out of the woods. They, right. I mean, there'll be trash everywhere. You can follow their ribbon right to the tree that they hunted in and everything else. Yeah, sad. <laughs> it's sad, man. You know if somebody's been in there or not, and if the deer's there, the deer is going to be there. You know, and I... There's plenty of times, you know, and I go to areas that I think is a good spot, and it'll end up being an area that they have to be. And then once you find those little pockets of where a deer want to be that has everything they need, even if it's not an ideal location, they're going to still be somewhat close to an area that has trees, that has water which a deer can get a lot of their water from eating grass and stuff like that you know any kind of green growth they can survive for a long time just off of eating that without even having to go to some water right yeah it's crazy what they can i don't i don't try to key in on water for that simple fact that a deer don't have to have a little water they can get a lot of their water right out of the, the green growth that they eat you know so I, I focus on what they gotta have. They gotta have food. If it ain't acorns, you gotta find like all your little brushes. A deer's like, about like any other animal. They're gonna eat anything, like a goat or um, hogs. How you take hogs, for example, they will eat anything that they can digest. And there, there's a lot of stuff in the woods that deer can eat. And when you get in those areas, you will notice that there'll be I've seen like browse lines where the deer has eaten the brush up to a certain height, you know, and, and right. to me, that tells me they spend a lot of time in there in that little specific area. If you see a tree or a couple trees that's been browsed up to three, four foot off the ground, there's a lot of deer in that area. Right. Yep. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds about right. And what I can see when I'm out there in the woods, you I mean, they they pretty much spotlight themselves in a lot of areas, and 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 like you said, you'll just see overwhelming amount of sign. And it looks like what I see from your videos is that you move a lot, man. And that's what I see the general consensus with people who are having a lot of success is that they're very mobile. They move around from spot to spot to spot. They they check spots that they've had success in uh, in the past. They uh they learn they learn a lot of features. Uh, we could talk a little bit about that. That's that's something that I kind of heard you talking about in one of your videos, and sound like you had some knowledge about different things like, like uh, terrain features, and like maybe you even have done a little bit of hunting in, in more of these bluff gap type areas, and and uh, getting to a little bit more uh, mountainous type areas and stuff like that. Which, um, 
we can talk a little bit about that, but mostly just using the terrain features, you know, to funnel the deer or, you know, uh, using it for your thermal purposes to pull your thermals this way or that way or push them for whatever reason, just to really help uh, add to playing the wind because we know how hot it is here. It's going to be real hard to beat that deer's nose. So can you talk about that for a second? <laughs> Yeah, see, uh, up here, you know, in a lot of the places I hunt, I go a little bit further north from where I live at. Right. You know, where I met, I met you in the woods yesterday. I live, oh, probably twenty minutes north of there. Nice. You know, and so I'm not too far from that specific area that me and you was in last night. But most of my hunting, I go an hour north of here, and I get on that river. I'm sure you've seen the. You know, and I do a lot of swamp hunting. I love, I love yeah. the swamps. That's what's up, man. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. that. All the hogs and stuff. Up. Yeah, that, I mean, there's hogs galore up there. And, but yeah, as far as features go, um, you know, you just got to find, find features. Uh, around here, there's really not much, like, topo in the, uh, the, the Lincoln. So if you can find anything... Like when I say a ridge or a piece of high ground, it may only be like two foot higher than what you've been walking <laughs> on for the past mile. Right. You know, because like some of the areas up here in the swamps that I hunt in, there's some big hills out there that when the, the river floods, that will be the only area that's above water. And you have, just say, 10,000 acres of land of swamp out there, and there will be probably 50 acres of it above water so a lot of it, a lot of critters get trapped on it wow you know but um whenever the, the swamps is dry the critters still won't be on top of the hill hmm. you know and they they will they'll bed on it and most of the time that's your first at the beginning of like bow season when all your little pin oaks and your swamp oaks and like your uh, your water oaks and stuff like that will start dropping that in the season, and your high ground is where all that stuff's gonna be at. Right. Like that's where you know you, you gotta try to key on key in on those features of the, the land around here. You know where where your first trees is gonna start dropping, and then I say around early October your big white oaks and stuff start dropping down in the swamps. And then you'll, you'll start seeing the sun leave the high grounds and go to the swamps. Huh. Okay. So when does that happen? When does that happen, do you say? Uh, most time around, like, beginning of August, October and middle of October, somewhere around there, you'll notice, you'll see that transition in where the deer want to be and where they have to be from the high ground to the swamps. Right. You know, and, and then, then you start keying in on where they want to be at in the swamps. And a lot of times down in the swamps, the, the features down there, um, some of the areas that we hunt, it's all, I, I, I call them little creeks. It's like just where when the river floods and stuff like that, where it washes out the land and it's got little creeks that go into some little ponds that's out there or lakes, whatever you want to call them. Um, but that funnels the deer when they are down into the swamps, 
a lot of those bitches around there that's in there will funnel funnel the beer to where, like I was talking earlier, uh, a deer is going to cross that creek or a little slough, whatever you want to call it, in the, the path of least resistance. So wherever the shallow point is in that little creek, that's where most of your traffic's going to cross that. And I will key in on that, you know, because if you see, you've been walking down this slough for two, three hundred yards, and you find that one little crossing that's just beat down, there's a reason they cross not here. More likely, that's the shallowest spot, spot in that whole little creek. So every deer that's in that vicinity is going to walk to that one little spot right here because they all know that's where shallow spot is. And it's all got to do with their features, laying features that they, they know. You know what I'm saying? I try to key in on what the deer want and not not what I want. That's the biggest thing. There's so many people in the woods that hunt areas that they say, well, a deer's got to be here. I mean, it's just too, it's got everything they need. But that's, that's you're hunting where you want the deer to be at, not where the deer want to be at. Right. So let's talk about that. So I'm in the woods, right? And I'm and I'm walking around or I say I even hop on my e-bike. So now we we added a different thing to this. And don't let me forget in a minute. I, I want to ask you about um I think you got some bonus bucks and things like that. <clears throat> and I want to uh learn about that a little bit more. But say I got my e-bike, I get far away from people as far as I can, and then I get off and I start walking and uh my what i'm going looking for is uh, as far as terrain features usually is going to be where um different type of habitat areas come together so you know like the more habitat features the better but then i'm going to look in that area to make sure there's deer tracks you know like one of the big things i've been doing lately is just looking for a general um populace a whole bunch of deer tracks man just okay so now because like you myself i'm a meat hunter you know i'm going out there i'm meat prices are high and old trevor's real hungry i eat a lot and i eat good and you know we we're trying to keep that up so uh i'm trying to to be more you know efficient and living off the land to since as far as the meat goes and i really love deer meat hog meat haven't had no turkey or bear yet but i'm, I'm hoping to make that happen next year too so but uh yeah like i just want to i'm trying to figure out okay so as far as terrain goes i find these few different features and you know there's some oaks dropping in the area but like for bow season right now my some of my problem is where do i set up on that and and one of your videos i seen you were like right you said you were right on the y like a, a trail i guess where it is off so that's one of the things that i was always looking for is is multiple trails coming into one area. Yeah, and I do it simple because if there's only one trail in that specific, let's say you find that that perfect tree that's just dropping, and as and you see some sign up underneath it, you know, and you can tell some deer's been hitting it, and there's a trail within the area, and that's the only trail. Well, to me, I feel like you're you're hunting specific deer at that point you know and those deer use that trail to, they're going to a specific area if you get to where let's say like that why you was talking about or a four-way or six-way because i've seen some trails where there's just 
in like a 20-yard a area, there'll be four or five trails that's just different trails that's crossing each other. If you can find those spots, you have a, a higher percentage to see something, in my opinion, due to there's so many different trails. There's going to be different deer coming from different areas coming through that same location. Right. I mean, I, 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 there's, I have no... I guess you're saying I have no proof or no no um, no evidence in the fact that that's going to give you a higher percentage. But based off of what I've seen and experienced over the years, it gives me the highest percentage of seeing more deer when I have multiple trails in one location. Right. And then like that's an area, a prime area for me, say, to just set up a trail camera, you know, say I and a lot of the times what I've noticed is is it's basically back to finding those pocket of deer for me, you know, because I don't want to be hunting in no wasteland. I don't want to be out there and you can kind of see area. You I know you walk as much as and probably more than me and you see areas where you just feel like it's, it's wide open or there's nothing really that a draw a deer in. They might not have enough cover. One might slide through there every once in a while, but it's not going to be your most, you know, stacking your odds in your favor. Uh, just, you know, you want to put as many, many uh, odds in your favor as possible. So, like, for me, it seems like when you find all them trails, usually in that area, there's going to be some kind of food source, some type of bedding. They're, they're, that's going to be one of those pockets. And there's probably going to be some scrapes and rubs in that area or something of that nature, too, because it's just like, usually uh, around here where i've hunted at in in north florida and you know just now getting started in south georgia it seems like there's they're more in pockets than anything like like if you find one or two deer you find five or six instead of like you know they're all spread out kind of they kind of hang together yeah for the most part you're, you're correct on that you know and like if you go through like i've experienced over the years there there's times where you see just a a deer here and there, you know, and all by itself. And then at that point, I sit there thinking, so why is this deer here by, by itself? You know, and what, what's here? And most of the deer that I've killed over the years, there's always been at least one more deer with it. You know, and it's, they always, especially those, they travel in groups. You know, and if you jump one up, more likely if you sit there, you're going to see uh, a few more run off with it putting as many miles as you can to find those pockets you know and just getting in those areas where you feel comfortable enough that nobody else is hunting and there's hot sign if the hot sign is there you know the deer is there and if it's an area that you feel that it's overlooked that nobody's hunting it and it may be 50 yards off the road mm. you know and, you know and, there's places I've hunted and I could see my truck from where I was sitting at. Yeah. And, and I feel like uh, that my the last deer I killed last year, I've literally hunted on the access there on one of the roads. I mean, it's a full-blown dirt road, but they had it blocked off and I had to walk in. Right. But it, it's literally right there on the trail, right there on the access road. Wow. I mean... And I felt so bad about doing it. You know, it just, it don't make me feel, I don't get the same 
drive to sit there. So what I'm doing was just backed off of the road 20, 30 yards just so I didn't have to see the road. Yeah, yeah. And that and that same time, you're talking about that same time you backed off the road zone? Yeah. That's where they run too, man, right? I in there at the beginning of the, the, the hunt, I told myself, I even told the camera, I said, look, I'm coming in here. I'm, I'm going to hunt a specific area that I keep. Every time I walk down this road, I jump deer up that's on the road. Wow. They're always crossing out there. they always sitting there. they feeding on the road, eating the grass. There's a bunch of acorns in that area. So I'm going to go in there and just sit on the side of the road. And then when I got there, I told myself, I said, no, I can't. I just can't do it. I can't sit on the side of the road. They're like uh, a sore thumb. <laughs> feel like a sore thumb out there, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I backed off of the road. So I didn't have to see the road. And yeah. by 8 o'clock, I had three doe come right, right to me. Come walking right through there and feeding on the acorns that out there so right and that's just going. taking advantage of yeah, like, yeah that's just taking advantage of of your most recent sightings and sign that's like me I, i'll do that i'll ride around and see a deer see a buck and then not hunt it it's like why wow, you know this is right by where this is at and nobody's gonna be hunting right there then that's why he's there and it's like i still won't go hunt it's weird like that sometimes but you know a lot of the times just not overlooking that thing right there in front of you get the job done too like you said everybody's walking right past all those deer because they don't want to stick out like a sore thumb either but hey you got to hunt the deer where the deer are at once again like if you're going right everybody's passing the deer and they're all coming back up here because everybody's walking down past that gate and i i did that just the other day it was funny you said that i was right by the road and i felt so odd and uh <laughs> i don't know what it is man i guess uh just wanting to go deep and and always wanting to have to do it's almost like the the more i gotta put into it and the harder it is for me to get the the, the deer i shoot you know or the hog or whatever it is the more rewarding it is so like sitting real making it real easy this is it's kind of out of the norm <laughs> yeah that's that's it man like yeah. i said there's there's plenty of times where like you you mentioned me going up to doing some some of the mountain terrain hunting up there. Yeah, talk about and, that. I want to uh, get into it. Sorry for interrupting, but yeah, I want you to talk. Go ahead and, and talk about that a little bit. Any you know stories you got from up there? What you know if you like it better? Because I'm I'm just really thinking about doing that and also get into some of that bonus buck type stuff where you can like not tag your state deer and stuff. Uh, yeah, well, as far as we do the uh, the, the bonus buck stuff because we got some of those hunts coming up. All right. Um, up here in, in Georgia, I don't necessarily know how, how all the other surrounding states, Florida and Alabama. Um, with Alabama, I do a little bit of hunting over there, and they have some of the same kind of hunts. Um, your quota systems, I know y'all got them down there in Florida. Oh, um, yeah. They, you get state tags at that point. You know, when you hunt, do a quota hunt, Georgia gives you state tags. Right. You get drawn for the hunt, you go in there, and they, you can shoot two bucks, two does, buck a doe, whatever, but they give you two tags. And, you know, and you go in there and shoot them, and when you turn, take it to them and let them weigh it, check it in and all that, they put a uh, a tag in there on their antler or their ear, whichever one, that it's a doe, you know, and they tag it. And nice. it's a state tag. It don't go against your, uh, your hunting license, the tag you buy. That's nice, man. And, that, that's the quota system, you know, in the, the draw hunts. And then 
there's management areas that's a little bit north of from where me and you hunted at that do check-in hunts throughout the year. Some of them only do one check-in hunt. Some of them do two check-in hunts. And that's that's bonus tags. Each one of those check-in hunts, the, the state will be there for three days. And any deer that's killed on that piece of land during those three days that they're there, and you take it to them, if you take it to them and let them weigh it, age it, and do all their ordeal that they want to do to it, they'll give you a state tag. And it won't go against your... your uh, and you can do that with two deer, right? Most yeah, places. Two deer. Most places. Wow, that's crazy, man. That's you know, and so if you have like in this just our area, the, the South Georgia area, um, there's one, two, three, four, five, six hunts just off the top of my head that you can get two free. I call them free. Oh yeah. You can get two bonus tags so that's essentially 12 bonus tags a year just off of those little areas right there. and that could be buck that could be like any buck right it don't even have to be like three point and anything it could be a spike it could be a spike yeah, any size yeah that's crazy i heard somebody on another podcast talking about that the other day man that's that's good opportunities right there man that's that's hard to pass up now what does that look like in the regulation does it it has that b right where it says bonus on it is that what it yeah. looks like or is yeah. it yeah it's, it has Oh yeah, they're, they're moving around a lot. They're pushing them. <laughs> oh yeah, man, that's good stuff. Yeah, we had to we had to uh, side note that and talk about that on the on the on after the podcast a little bit. I could figure out some of those hunts there, but uh, yeah, man, I'm just real excited about this season, man. We got a a lot of good fun stuff coming up with with the hunt season kicking off, and I'm learning all the the systems i did draw a, a quota for where we were at last night and so i'm pretty excited about that and uh just really excited about my camera pools out there man it's it's been a struggle man i've been on the struggle bus now. i mean not really let me stop let me let me let me rewind and, and tell you know i'm really thankful for where my my deer hunting has has went I, I shot a deer my first year a six point with my bow and have since you know done pretty good each year and stuff like that for florida it's hard man it's, it's it's rough down here i don't know it's just the deer population and most of the places i hunt i think is real low or either uh 
it's just so big of an area that like i said it's just real hard to get on those pockets of deer and stuff like that so i was real blessed to get the ones that i've i've gotten but the the other side of that is where i hunted mostly at which was an open um a lot of these places down here are quota especially all the good ones but it was an open area and it's been uh hunted for a long time and dog hunted a lot and different things like that and uh just there's just it's, like i said it's so hard to get on deer man and i just uh there wasn't no hogs either that was the other thing there, there wasn't no hogs hardly out there it was real hard to find them in in some of the areas that i was hunting so you know but learning how one of the biggest things for me too for for my success and it's an overlooked thing that i just thought of is really learning how to work them quota systems man and really learning how to you know which which area to be in when because it might be the rut over here and then right up here north 20 miles which is only a couple hours away the rut here is next weekend and the rut there you know what i mean so it's just learning some of that and then learning to work them quota systems is is really the quotas and then the different wmas like i've even looked at the harvest reporting and different things like that to help me narrow down some areas and just like i said have been real happy with some of the the um carpools that i've had from up there and it looks like uh you you probably run some cameras and and probably have done some of that I, one of the questions i wanted to ask before we get too much further into the to the podcast is about bear hunting have you ever took advantage of the southern bear hunting opportunities down here uh honestly i've done it i've hunted a few times but i just ain't done it enough to really get that feel to want to really get jump into it and do it if if i know i know the area you're probably talking about i think i know what area you're talking about to do uh bear hunting um which is in the it's really the best place to do it in the south georgia anyway right um but and i just man i, I just never really dove off in it more. I, I ain't gonna lie to you i want to shoot one but I, I just don't really know enough about it to get out there and speak on it anyways right yeah that's kind of what i was asking yeah but man I, I don't know anything about it either i've uh seen some guys from my area or a guy that i know of uh guy named austin that he shot a big old bear man and really just gave me the urge yeah man he's yeah he's he's from over here in this little area close to me man i gotta rep austin because he's a, he's a real slayer too man he uh i hope i could get him on the podcast one day yeah he does I, I hope to get him on here one day too man uh he's a real good dude and um yeah but he he shot a monster bear out there man and and ever since then it was like oh yeah i'm getting a, a georgia license and i got it because i man i had one running on me on some private land i got a an older gentleman that i i go help out on some private land man and uh he lets me hunt out there and stuff like that and it's not no nothing i really want to go out there all the time but it's nice to have something where i could take the kids and the family and stuff too but man i had a bear running <clears throat> excuse me I had a bear running <clears throat> oh sorry I mean, what i got going i guess my allergies is messing up or something a bear ran in on me and my son one time out there and it like scared the crap out of him but uh yeah man I just really want to go out there and, and chase some of those bears around and and see what it's about it don't seem like they give you a whole lot of opportunities to do it but 
I think I can shoot a deer most of the time while I'm bear hunting too. So I, I kind of felt like that was a pretty good, you know, thing there because I didn't want to be out there like only being able to chase a bear because I'm like you, I don't really know exactly what what I'm looking for really yet, and and haven't really done a lot of scouting as far as that goes either. Yeah, but uh, based off of what I've seen, like Austin do, and some of the other guys that I, I do know that do it, they pretty much hunt them just like they do they would a deer, you know, and find find the the terrain features, find their trails, find what they're eating on, and which I mean they pretty much eat on the same thing a deer will, but they'll eat like some berries and stuff like that. But I would imagine. Over there in that area where Austin shot his, um, I would imagine a lot of what a bear eats over there is palmetto berries. Yeah, that's what I, that's what I'm thinking is going to be hot. The palmetto berries. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, uh, we did we did uh stray away from the, the mountain hunt. Now I don't know. I guess we got on to start talking <laughs> about bears. <laughs> yeah, let's go back to the mountain hunt. Tell us a little bit about that because I want to get into that soon too. And there's bears up there. Look like you was doing a lot of ground hunting up there even too. Do you just got to walk so much more you didn't want to carry all that stuff? Or how was that going? Um, well, last year, if you went through my videos from last year, I think that's probably what you're referring to. Is I just got into where I wanted to shoot one off the ground. There was no, there was nothing. <laughs> like um, the buck that I shot last year that I lost, I ended up losing. You know, and it was a... A nice leg wasn't nothing to write home about. It was a nice little eight point, but he had something wrong with his front leg. And he come through. But that area that I was sitting in, I went down in there, and it got daylight on me. And I just said, screw it. And I built like a little homemade blind on the ground with all the dead limbs and stuff that was laying around. And sat down. I had my saddle and everything to climb up the tree. I just decided to sit on the ground. And probably I was there maybe 45 minutes and then i had some does run down the ridge behind me and he come down a little bit further he's been he was chasing those does and and um, all the other areas it was mainly because we were getting there you know that we when we left the house we spent 10 days on the trip and then we had a quota hunt at the end of that trip that we was going to hunt on our way back home 
So we was just going to kind of heat up as many management areas as we could and then work our way back home and do our quota hunt and then come home. Man, that sounds like fun. No, it was, you know, and then getting into a new area that we've never been, and still, you know, and I, I've hunted the mountains a few times, but it's not something that, um, like, I don't feel comfortable or the confidence ain't like it is when I'm here at the house. You know, and, right. and, and the only reason I say it's easier because of being able to find features in the land a lot easier than down here in the south down here in south georgia hey like we said earlier you may find one little piece of high ground that's two foot higher and a lot of times you won't see that unless there's a bunch of water in the source that's yep. the only time you can find those high grounds yeah you know? and that's if you know enough to walk in there deep enough and if you're willing to go to that length to do it too you know oh yeah I mean, that's yeah, a lot of the times what you're... All the ground hunting, all the ground hunting I was doing up there was mainly doing scouting and finding an area that I felt comfortable that I'd shoot something and just sit down. Instead of carrying my stuff around with me, I said, well, I just, I walk in here. If I find something, I find something. If not, I'm going back to the truck and we'll go somewhere else. Right. You know what I'm so just basically being able to adapt and, and do whatever. Seems like you're just really adaptable and want to be able to do it every way and put that type of challenge on yourself too. And that's kind of how I am. It's like, all right, I want to I want to know if I could shoot one over here, if I could shoot one over here, man. And, you know, just to, if I could shoot one out of my saddle, if I can, you know, shoot one up in the mountains. And uh, I also want to learn how to and, and get more into doing something like uh, backpacking in like some backcountry type hunting. Have you ever done anything that's, like that? That's something I, you know, and I've done it once in my life. But uh, which the backpack I use now, it's a frame pack. You know, it's for that kind of hunt, and I use it simply because it's easier to strap all. Well, you've seen how much stuff I had last night. I mean, when well, what you carry camera gear in the woods, you got to have a big enough bag. Carry my sticks, my my saddle, my platform. You got a camera arm to set up. All any kind of batteries, whatever you got to have for your camera. You know, and there's a pretty good bit of stuff that goes along with self filming, anyways. Oh yeah, you know that's a whole nother episode right there. We might have to do a whole nother episode on that. <laughs> oh man, that's self filming, uh, building a brand. <laughs> No, you'd be selling all that stuff in a month or two. Like I still got my stuff and I go through phases still. It's like one of those things. It's like, all right, it's starting to feel like a job. Let me leave these cameras here. And then the next week I'll be like, man, I got to get something on film this week. So it's just like I go back and forth, you know, and uh, I'm really excited. I just got that that dough on opening day on camera, man. That, that was like a dream of mine to, to harvest something on opening day and made that happen. I was really excited about that, man. But, yeah, it's a – that's the, that's the key to it is if you can muster carrying all that stuff for the umpteen many thousand times that it takes you to get it get it on film once it all comes together and you're able to make that video you know there to me that just makes it takes the hunting to a whole nother level it does and you it's know, just so much skill of it you know and it's like I, I was able to shoot that deer twice in the same location 
Wow. You, you have to think of it. Look, I got to shoot it with this hammer first. And then shoot it with mm. my bow or my gun or whatever. Wow. Huh? Shot him twice. Yeah. That's crazy, that's man. The way, that's the way you got to think of it is if you want it on, if you want it on film, which, you know, there's still plenty of hunts of mine that I end up either knocking the camera out the way or just saying, hey, with it, I ain't got time or whatever. You know, but to get it on film, you have to tell yourself, I like a lot of times. As long as it, it all really depends on how the deer's come in, if they're on their like tippy toes, they 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 sketchy, or if they just feel really comfortable, uh, you got all the time in the world. You know, and you just shoot them with that camera, and whenever you get to the area where you want to shoot them at. That'd be that'd be the number one tip for that self filming. Oh yeah. And that that could be for any hunter out there. You know, no matter if you're shooting it with a, a camera or just out there hunting to hunt. Pick spots. When I climb the tree, I look at areas and say, That's where I wanna shoot the deer at, that's where I need to shoot it at, or whatever. You know, and I find areas to that way I, I it keeps me from making bad shots. Is I, I wait that it either gets here, I wait that it gets there, you know, and I pick my shot locations to where when they come in, you have that general idea of which way they're going to be coming and where, where they're going to walk through at and stuff like that. Um, I mean, you obviously, you had that strange deer that comes out of nowhere and just pops <laughs> up out of nowhere. But for the most part, when you're sitting in a spot, you know where the deer's coming from or know where they're going, so you know which direction they're coming from, so you can pick your shots. You know, and that should help a lot of people on, I, I won't shoot until the deer gets to this specific location. Yeah, and man, I even seen, you got to talk about this, I even seen you had a triple harvest one day, triple kill. You got, what, two does and a hog one time? Oh, yeah. Man, that's wild, man. That's just being in the right spot, and that's one, something I wanted to touch on real quick. A lot of the times, like, I feel like I'll set up in a place where there's a lot of hog activity and the deer will come out right there, too. You know, like, I might be, like, thinking, okay, at least I have a shot of the hog here. A lot of a lot of movement in this area. And sure enough, a, a, a four-point came out on me last year in Florida when I was sitting in a spot like that where I just knew something was going to come down that trail. It was so um, just beat down. You know what I mean? So um, do you see that a lot? Yeah, I do. And I don't, when I sit in the area, I can care less if there's hogs sign or not. Because most of the time, if there's hogs on a piece of land, like that area we was hunting in yesterday, um, at some point, you're going to see a hog, no matter where you sit at. The, the hogs, they move around so much, you know, and they're, they don't they don't feed like deer. They will feed up underneath a tree. As soon as it quits dropping or it slacks off, they're going to the next tree. They don't stick around very long in the area. So they, they move move around so much. But, you know, and I, I got multiple videos on there where I've shot hogs and seen deer out of the same location sitting at the same time. You know, and like that one you were just talking about, I had that group of hogs come in and I shot the hog. And I swear it was probably 15 minutes later that doe came in through the same trail that hog did huh. literally i shot that dude five feet 
from where I shot the hog. Wow. <laughs> and then that that deer that doe run off, and probably forty five minutes later, I had another doe come in, and I shot her probably another fifteen yards from where I shot the other two. That's something else, man. That's getting it done right there. <clears throat> That's you a know, good spot. Uh, last year, last year on that quarter hunt when we was up in the mountains, I tagged out um, the uh, open the morning. I tagged out with two bucks up there on that quarter hunt. And that was, that was a crazy morning. I was sitting on a saddle and had um, a doe run up, come running out of the swamp bottom down there come up the ridge and run up there to me and i was walking along the top of that ridge trying to get down there a little deeper down in that swamp and she come busting out of that swamp and run up there to me and i, I could just tell you know when i seen her her tongue was hanging out she was panting really hard i was like right, there's gotta be something chasing her and i went down the ridge probably 30 yards and glanced down it and there was like a they call them like military military crest. Right. You know, on you you go down a ridge and then there'll be like a bitch or a military crest. And that buck was chasing another doe, which it could have been the same doe, but there, uh, there was a doe with him right there. And he had her like, he and his running in circles, keeping her on that little military crest. And I ended up shooting and I went over there Picked up the uh, the deer and was like, heck yeah, called my wife and kids on FaceTime. And my kids was screaming and everybody was having fun. And I literally, as I was on the phone, talking to my wife and kids, I heard something. I looked over my shoulder and a seven point come running over that same little saddle right there, 15 yards behind me while I was on the phone with my wife. And I just... <laughs> I did a military crawl over to my rifle where it was sitting, leaned up against the tree, rolled over on my back, and sat up and shot him. <laughs> I mean, Man. sometimes you can't do nothing wrong if you get in those areas. You know, and that specific piece of land, we been, me and my buddy, we've been getting kicked to hunt there for the past four years. That's nice. So, you know, it was one of those areas that I found over the time and been able to key in on, right, this is a pretty good saddle. At some point, you know, and it's going to be a hot spot. Yeah. And the time, the, the time frame we do this is always in like the, the second week of November. So, and the rut's pretty, it's kicking off pretty good up there around that time. So, I mean, yeah, I got to figure that out, man. I'm, I haven't been able to see a whole lot of rutting action down here in Florida yet. I can't wait uh, to see well, them I running through. I don't see it down here in South Georgia. I ain't never experienced any of it until I start growing up north. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and it's, I'm, I'm guessing it's got a lot to do with uh, the heat and... yeah. The, 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 by the time it gets cold around here, because our rut here in South Georgia is about like y'all's. Yeah. I mean, they they already, like a young buck said, already start to chase now. But they, the state of Georgia says in our general area is around like October 20th is the peak rut around here. Right. 
Yeah, man. I'm trying to. I got to try to. Uh, yeah. I, I I just haven't never been able to really see no whole bunch of rutting activity. I don't know. Like you said, I see, you know, all the rubs and scrapes and stuff like that. But as far as actually getting on a deer that's chasing and. I mean, I've seen them kind of come in smelling the ground a little bit, but at the same time, they could have been eating too. I don't know. You know what I mean? They could have been eating something that was down there. So, I don't know. I got to get in on some of that northern Georgia hunting, it sounds like, though. Oh, yeah. It's, it's fun out there. You there, but have you, you want to get where the deer go crazy, you're going to have to travel for it. That's right. Yeah, I don't mind it at all. I, I'm going to do whatever I got to do, and I got some, some stuff I'm chasing around this year, you know, with the just like you we got the family life stuff too that is, that takes some precedence over a lot of things but um i'm gonna be out there as much as i can and just want to uh do it I, i'm just thankful to have be able to shoot all these does this year um i'm really a, a meat guy and really want to get out there and, and get after some does and um also get some opportunities at some good bucks too i've got some cameras out moved them around a little bit and um Got a couple bucks on camera, but nothing really crazy yet. I don't know, man. I'm just I'm ready to continue on with the season and 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 get some more meat in the freezer. Hopefully, uh, I can learn where to bounce around at and get some of these bonus bucks too. That sounds like a pretty good thing. But I'm gonna go ahead, I guess, and talk a little bit about that doe I I shot um on opening day. That was pretty cool. I basically this was the first time i don't know i won't say it's the first time but one of the big things i'm i'm real big on this year and i don't know how big you are on this but i'm really trying to come up with and do more type of plan style hunting i guess is what i'll call it like as far as like what i mean is like making a plan okay i'm gonna go in right here i'm gonna either take the e-bike from here to there or take the kayak from here to there or walk from here to there and either scout or hunt or uh scout hunt scout till i hunt or you know what i'm saying but but have some type of a plan instead and and really just figuring out you know where i'm kind of going but the reason i say that is because more times than not i find myself just kind of wandering around until i get too tired and then i'm i'm just climbing somewhere and and i really don't like the idea that i don't like the idea of climbing and hanging and hoping is what i've heard people call it and i really just want to get off of that and 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 get more towards having some type of plan to this area. i'm going back into this area and sticking to it and usually when i do that or go to one of my spots that i've map scouted on and i got a pin on that i've been wanting to scout i'll usually if i put a sit in there or find you know some sign there and and, and throw a sit at it it usually does pretty good yeah that's that's the key there you know and that's what i do like last night i told you last night you know where i wanted to go was not where i ended up at and that's simply because of the area i had keyed in on my map that i've been map scouting I, I, this is the spot that i think because where we was at, I had some bucks on camera that was within a thousand yards of there, you know. And, but everything I was getting was at night, so I knew I, there was no sense in hunting right there where I had my truck over. So I got on the map and tried to figure out where would these deer be coming from or going to, and that's what I was doing last night. Is I I picked the area on the map and said that's got to be where they was at. When I went in there, 
where I had the pin at on the map, there was some sun, but it, it didn't give me that wow factor. It didn't make me feel comfortable enough to sit, so I just kept going and kept going. And you seen how far I ended up way down the road from where I should have been at. But <laughs> I kept going until I felt, I found the spot. I mean, because I ain't going to lie to you, if, if I don't find something... If I'd have never found anything in there last night that I felt comfortable or confident to sit on, I'd have just kept going or I'd have went back and jumped went somewhere else. Yeah, because it don't take 10 minutes to shoot deer. Right. You, know, you can walk in there 30 minutes before dark and sit down on the edge of the road 50 yards in the woods right here, and it's, it's better than, you know, and I, I don't know, I just, if I ain't confident in the spot, I'm not going to sit it. That's for sure. I will just keep going. I will still hunt at that point, you know, and stay on the ground. Yeah, stay yeah. on the ground, especially. Sneak around and see if you can one scout while you're hunting, you know, and but that that's the key, you know, and don't don't ever, don't say don't sell yourself short and settle for anything. Keep keep going. Just keep going. Yeah, and if if all else fails, what do you think about this? Just going back to one of my places I had a camera at, or I know there was some sign at, and throwing a, another sit at that. Worst case scenario, right? Uh, yeah, but like in my, my case last night, you know, I knew I had all, a bunch of videos on that camera, and everything was at night. So in my opinion, there was no, there, it didn't give me the confidence to sit in that specific spot. You know, and right. because everything was at wee hours of night, you know, and there was nothing, nothing close to a shooting time. You know, so it tells me that the deer in that specific area where I had my camera at was traveling a pretty good ways before they uh, got to that spot. Right, yeah, that's, that's far away from bedding or wherever they're hanging out at, kind of. <clears throat> yeah. Is what you find with that. But yeah, man, I'm I'm just excited. The season's here. I ain't gonna keep you much longer, but I wanted to kind of go ahead and tell the story of of this doe that I shot. And I want to apologize for some of the background noise, real quick, and my voice. I I don't know. I guess I got some kind of um stuff going on right now with allergies or something. Been out in the woods a lot, roaming around too. But yeah, man. So that was my my success story. I think revolves around uh just sticking to my plan. I kind of like came up with a plan the day before opening day you know because sometimes that's what that's my thing like i'm literally riding to the woods with no plan opening morning or the even the next morning or the you know what i mean like i feel like having that plan was very important for this so i i at first i went and scouted a lot so that had a lot to do with it and uh by a lot i mean man i, I was so excited that they opened the hog season up before the deer season because they don't do that in florida you know what I mean? So I was able to get out there and start hunting hogs and looking for deer sign. That was just, that meant a lot to me there. I was so happy about that. And then, you know, putting a few cameras up and, and having, you know, I basically what I did was I eeny, meeny, miny, mode and picked the camera with the most dope. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, there was actually some other deer moving in the back of this camera. It looked like a bachelor group. Really, it was like four big old deer came through, but it could have been those. I couldn't really see. But I seen there was a lot of movement in this area. So I figured, hey, I, and then I looked at the wind. That's something else I started doing this year more is really paying attention to that wind, man. And just really, you know, trying to get an idea for, okay, I'm going in this way and the wind's coming kind of towards me. 
you know, whether I'm moving into a creek or I'm moving into, you know, this little opening that I think I can get a shot in or whatever. But this particular spot, I was moving into like a a, a creek bank is, is kind of what I'll call it. It was kind of like where it falls off and, and you kind of got that topographical feature of just it kind of um, sloping down for a little while. You know what I mean? over a gradual distance down into a creek bottom or whatever and i've just seen a lot of uh, action and bumped a couple deer in this area and different things like that so uh i went and threw a sit at that where that camera was at and i went in there and i had a tree pick but i couldn't remember which one it was when it was dark in there so i got in where i thought it'd be a pretty good spot kind of away from my camera out in front of it where i thought i could see you know both trails where i seen deer at and uh of like once it got daylight <clears throat> i climbed up once it got daylight i'm like oh man i ain't even gonna be able to shoot right here it was so thick bro it was so thick it's like there ain't no way i'm gonna have a shot up in here man so uh you know i couldn't see all that brush down there with my have my, my green light or red light on whatever it was and i couldn't see all that brush back there but Either way, but then I told myself, you know, the second thing right after I told myself that, I said, but yeah, but Trevor, the deer's right here. This is where the deer are at. You know what I mean? So, oh, well. So, uh, I got all my camera gear set up and stuff, and I start taking a couple little, you know, B-roll footage and different things like that, because I'm really trying to get back into the camera thing. My back kind of bothers me sometimes, so it's hard for me to carry all that stuff, but um, that's another story. But, uh, so I... I'm all set up and I'm I'm doing my little B-roll thing and man, it's just like barely getting daylight. The woods are waking up. I'm just saying my little prayers and getting ready for the day and just being thankful that hunting season's here again, you know. And I'm hunting out of state this year. Just all jacked up every which kind of way. Just just excited, you know, and settled in and just kept telling myself to be still. And good thing I did because it wasn't. Uh, I think my camera says 6:38 in the morning. I look over my shoulder and and the camera might be wrong it might have been 7:38 uh real time it might be an hour off for daylight saving time or something i'm not exactly sure but that's what it said and uh i looked over my shoulder and this little doe was creeping up i was like there it is and i thought she was gonna feed off she was like feeding on some acorns and stuff in there which is what i guess they were coming in there for i've been seeing acorns everywhere though so it's kind of hard for me to hone in on that but uh she was um just milling around and eating acorns and i'd catch a little flicker of her tail and then she'd disappear you know and um i kind of had my camera over that way just in case but i kind of thought she was gonna feed on out of there and she made a right turn and i was like all right here she comes she's coming back in here and my meat's getting real low in my freezer so you know <laughs> i don't shoot as many deer as you probably I ain't quite as good a hunter yet as you you probably got all kind of meat but I'm still trying to get me a deep freezer mode over here. All I, all I got is a regular little freezer out in the garage, and I don't even hardly keep that filled up. So we got uh, to do a little better with that. But I was sure happy to um, have some action, man. And she stepped, come stepping through, and I seen this opening. And I'm just a real believer in taking my first pretty decent shot opportunity. I ain't going to take no wild hair shot like that. I don't believe in that. It's got to be ethical to some extent where I feel like I'm going to get a good solid hit on this deer. At least that's how I, I do it anyway. I can't speak for everybody else, but as soon as I knew if she stepped in this hole, I'm telling myself, Oh, there's a hole right there. If she steps right there, I can get her. 
And about that time, she took a couple more steps, and I drew back as quick as I could and put it right on that front, right behind that front shoulder, man, and, and let it fly and heard that, that, that magical sound that we like to hear when that arrow lets go and, and hits that body, man. I seen my, my knock lit up and was sticking out the ground, got a good pass through. You know, I always have a little doubt in the back of my mind, oh, man, did I hit it? You know, so I had to, of course, go back and play my my video and, and couldn't hardly even tell from that. But um, really felt pretty confident about the shot for the most part. So I stayed up there for another like 30, 45 minutes or something as I try to do. Made a few phone calls and stuff, kept recording, talking a little bit. And uh, yeah, man, just, you know, overjoyed, open the morning, climbed down, went over there, found my arrow soaked with blood. You know, got the good old blood on the fingers, left my arrow there still. You know, I'll still get the shakes and stuff, man. I had shot many deer. This might be like my sixth deer, I think is what I, I wrote in my journal the other day. So, like, it's everything's still new to me. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous about going and trying to find it a little bit. <clears throat> I'm just, I get pretty shook up. I mean, not overly probably, but but pretty decent, man. And finally went over there and, and looked around a little bit. Didn't really see no blood because it was kind of wet. So, I got this dog, Copper, man. It's a bloodhound. My sister gave him to me because she, she had to move uh, somewhere where she couldn't have a dog. And so I took him willingly as a puppy. And he, I went and found a deer first after about uh, an hour or so walking back to my truck and putting my stuff up. But uh, then I went and got the dog. Well, she, my fiance brought the dog out there, and I let him go in there and find it, got him some little training in. So that worked out pretty good. And tried to get most of it on film. I'm still not real good with that. It's just, uh, you know, of course, my GoPro dies right when the dog finds the deer. Little things like that. It's froze up. Once I get home, the GoPro, you know, I got it hanging on my tether rope looking at me. I do everything perfect on this, and it's always something, man. It's like this, this time the GoPro freezes after like 30 seconds for whatever reason. It's like it hears me talking. The audio keeps going, but I'm frozen still on the still image. So I don't know what, and then I end up losing all of it. I don't know if I pulled the thing out of the computer at all. I'm not good with it yet, man. I really, we might have to do an episode on, on, uh, editing and, and, and file storage. <laughs> but yeah, man, old, old Southern boy like me, man, I don't, I ain't, I ain't real good with these computers. I used to be better than I had done advanced so quick, but yeah, man, I, I ain't gonna keep you no longer. I just wanted to tell the story and, and, and relive that and let all the listeners hear it. I really appreciate you coming on the the uh, podcast, man. It means a lot to me. I feel like I got a new friend in you. If you ever need any help out there, definitely give me a call. We got each other's number now. I'll I'll ride out in the middle of the night, man. I love hunting. And, uh, I love the the community behind it, and uh, people have really welcomed me in, even though I didn't come from a hunting background. And you know, every once in a while, you'll have somebody who's who's an a hole or whatever. But most of the time. It's pretty decent people out there. If you see somebody in the woods, man, tell them hello and and, and smile at them. Don't be mean to them today. <laughs> Let's all have a good season. Everybody stay safe. Hey, man, I want you, James, one more time to give your your uh, your handle a shout out and YouTube and, and Facebook and, and Instagram. Yeah, man. Uh, hey, I, I appreciate all the kind words you've been giving me and you're making making my head swell up a little bit uh, <laughs> talking about how good of a hunter I am. But you know, it's just I, I spend a lot of time in the woods, and I, I thank the good Lord for most of my success out in the woods. You know, and, and hey, so far this year, you're doing better than me because I ain't 
chopped nothing yet, and you already got one on the ground. <laughs> I appreciate but, uh, it. If anybody wants to check out the YouTube, it's uh, Hook and Hoof Outdoors. And then same thing for Facebook, Instagram, and go well. That's what's up, man. I really appreciate it, James. And uh, we're going to go ahead and, and cut it off for this time, man. Like I said, thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, I apologize for my, my noisy interruptions with the – it sounded like the, the whole damn police force rode by back there. But uh, uh, And the acorns are falling and everything else, my voice. But uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling. And I just love hunting. I love getting in the outdoors. And, uh, man, deer season's here. Deer season's here. I got, I'm got. i going to go hunt some of these bears, James. Might have to talk about that too, uh, text each other about that a few times, see about you getting out there with me or, or whatever. But – we're gonna end it for now, man. We uh we'll probably have you back on soon, and um we're definitely gonna keep in contact. Like I said, I appreciate everybody listening, man. Y'all all take care and have a good, safe hunting season. And until uh, next time.